It's Vila's Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR radio network. It is a duck boat free Wednesday. (laughs) We are not talking about or making plans for a Boston Bruins parade. The only parade happening today is a parade of crap getting unloaded from the Warrior Ice Arena as the Boston Bruins season ends. And they are leaving for the year and a bunch of them are injured. And we're going to talk about that all right now. With our Bruins insider Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily, Tim, uh, season's no more than is uh, is about three days old now. It's 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 over. It's moved on, and now is usually the time for the Bruins where we get to find out exactly who was injured and how badly they were injured. And once again, the Bruins went through a hockey season and towards the end of the hockey season with quite a list of walking wounded. Oh, it's just painful just uh, to uh, look at the Twitter account right now. It's. Uh... I think Patrice Bergeron, one of the most notable things, um, in game four was concussion-like symptoms. Thankfully, he was um, okay with that. But dealing with the groin issue, um, well, uh, he was dealing with the groin issue, I think, all season long. Then you saw Jake DeBrusque get the AC joint sprain in um, the second round against Tampa. Game one or game two, I believe. Probably game one, I imagine. Yes, uh, I do recall that. Uh, Tory Krug, we all know. David Backus, uh, Tory Krug from uh, Game 4 um, with the walking boot, we all know that. We knew about David Backus's concussion uh, from Game 5. We knew about Riley Nash uh, coming back from a concussion. And um, we took a, a puck to the air. We knew about Brandon Carlos' broken angle. We knew about Andrew Bjork uh, well before the playoffs. And the Daniel Chara as well. So, yeah, quite the list. And had they found a way to advance it would have been long i think until they um until they were eliminated by the uh, capitals so basically it was almost a mercy killing by tampa we should send them a fruit basket maybe. i think so yeah you know maybe a little, little fruit yeah. basket you know I, I, there. tim i've said before i uh you know he's probably, he's probably my favorite player but i i look at bergeron when he's not in uniform there's not mm-hmm. much to him He's yeah. not a big muscled up guy. He he weighs what, 175 pounds soaking wet, and uh, and boy, I he. A, I think he's a little more built up than that. But um, you you see him in person, you think he's pretty built up. But yeah, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, and I think um, I I don't know how much he can bulk up uh, at this point of his no. career. But you know. Yeah, uh, with the injuries they've had, um, it's a little bit concerning, I think, going forward. Yeah, that was the, that's really the big questions this morning. What are they going to do? You know, we've got both Nashes are free agents. Mm-hmm. Have any sense for what they're going to do with either one of those guys? If, uh, I had a guess. I think Rick Nash goes. I think Riley Nash might go, too. You look at some of the depth they have down in Providence. You have, look at Denaro, who can play center who could probably slide into that third-line center role at least to start the season. And then you've got guys like uh, Trent Frederick who um, left uh, University of Wisconsin early to sign an amateur tryout agreement. He'll be one that will probably get a look at training camp at that third-line center role. But um, with Rick Nash in particular, I just don't think um, he'll be worth the money that uh, the Bruins will be willing to, um, uh, uh, to uh, give him. Right now, because you looked at his last contract, seven and a half, eight million around there, and wow. yeah, I don't think he's going to ha- ask for similar money. But you're still looking at six and a half, seven if he does take a pay cut, and I don't think he's um, going 
McCoy be worth the No, uh, he's not risk. worth it. No, no, absolutely not. How about defensively? You know, uh, I was surprised, to be honest with you. I wasn't down on Chara, but I guess I was thinking, eh, to find out that he was a plus seven in the playoffs. Incredible. Yeah. I, You know, we forget he always plays against the top line, and he and McAvoy more than held their own when you look at just that. The problem was we didn't get any scoring from our, our secondary lines at all. So what are we going to do defensively? I know that we love Krug. I love him as a player, but... He's great on the power play, but boy, when we're in our own end, he gets manhandled a lot. Well, we talked about this all season long. I think um, the left side, a top four left shot defenseman is a must for Don Sweeney, whether he gets hit via trade or via uh, free agency. is uh, I absolutely think that's going to be a must going forward. The big name right now is um, entering the market, John Carlson from Washington, who I think... Um, I've been high on him since the um, since the start of his career. He's going to probably get a ton of money. More lucky at seven and a half, eight, eight and a half million. I don't know if um, the Bruins would be willing to shell that out for him. He, even though he's a right shot defenseman, I think he would definitely be an upgrade over what they have right now. And um, another name to look at, I, and the Bruins were uh, looking at him a little bit. I think at the trade deadline is Ian Cole, a uh, former Penguin, got traded to Ottawa and then Columbus at the uh, deadline, he'd be a much cheaper option. He's more of a stay-at-home guy. Carlson, as compared to Carlson, who's a little more well-rounded, can get you minutes on the power play. But he'd fill that left uh, shot defenseman role. I think he would be a good pair with uh, Brendan Carlo um, on the second defensive pair if they were to take a look at him. And so, he would come much cheaper. So you're thinking that they'll let they'll trade Krug? What's his contract status? Uh, Krug, I believe, has a few more years left. Um, whether they trade him or not, I don't know. But um, I know he. I don't know if they'll give him the um, same option as they did last as they did last year with the uh, with the top four role. Uh, he'd still be a power play specialist. That's where I think they really could use him still. But. Um, Definitely, I am. Yeah, he's uh, signed through 2019-2020, which is a decent salary for him. He'll be the highest-paid defenseman. Yeah. But you also look at um, some of the um, entry-level deals that are about to expire this year. Um, with Matt Grizzlick's last year on the entry-level deal, they'll have to re-up him. You look at McAvoy and Carlo. Um, after next year, their entry-level deals expire and uh, expire and. Um, and a couple forwards too, Donato, uh, Donato, and Dan Heinen are in that mix as well. So Sweeney, I think, will have to find at least one, maybe two of those uh, entry level um, deals that are about to expire. Most likely McAvoy. I think they're going to try to get him uh, locked up in the, for the long term, whether it's this off season or it's a negotiation during the season. I don't know, but. That's going to be the first priority, I think, for Sweeney in terms of that um, entry-level class. I know a lot of people get all wound up about the goalie and they want to make changes. There's not really any changes you can make with a goalie, is there? No, there isn't. And you look at the open market, who can yeah. you re- replace Tuka Rask and Anton Hudobin with right now? You can't. Yes, uh, Tuka's a little overpaid, $7 million a year, and that uh, contract runs through 2021. And um, we all know how much of a polarizing figure he is in Boston, but he's really their best option going forward, I think, if, um, uh, 
for their cup chances. You're going to tell me Cam Ward um, is a better goalie. He's on the market this year. You're going to tell me Jonathan Bernier could be a better goalie. Maybe he could be a backup option. Maybe he could be a 1B in the 1A, 1B in the long term. But I don't think, um, I don't think uh, for Bruins fans wishing Tuka Rask wants to get tra- uh, wishing that Tuka Rask should get traded, be careful what you wish for. Well, I've always said, you know, hockey guy, you can blame it all on the goalie, but we turned the we turned the puck over in our own zone so much it was scary in that in that Tampa series, and that that's not the goalie's fault. And oh. then you then you get him in a situation where he's he's down low, and where's the shot coming from? There's people all over the place. I I think they got to shore up the defense first, Absolutely. and then see. And- and do you wish uh, Tuca could make uh, a couple saves to bail him out? Absolutely. But depending all on him, no, not at all. I mean, that, that what, a couple of those Tampa games, if he hadn't been big in the first period, it would have been a 4 to nothing before they even got started. Right. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about that. I, like I said, I am concerned about the defense. Let's go. Let, tell us who, who we look in the, in the AHL that, that might be coming up that uh, we could look for. I know Bjork will be back. Who else do we see that is on the horizon? I mentioned him a little earlier, Trent Frederick. He had a, a great two-year career at Wisconsin. Uh, he um, uh, came to Providence on an amateur tryout agreement for the rest of the season. I think he's going to get a good look. You're going to see him at um, development camp, uh, probably being the number one uh, star like Andrew, Andrew Spurt Bjork was coming from Notre Dame last year. and He would fill that third-line center role, I think, um, Nicely, maybe. Um, you know, I think his projected ceiling from the time they drafted him in 2016, the same year that they drafted McAvoy, to now has risen since his two years at Wisconsin. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start the season in Boston. He's. I think he's going to get a call up uh, next year at some point next year for sure. Uh, is it Forsbacher Carlson? Is that you? I can't remember what yes. it is. How about him? I know that they were really high on him initially, brought him up for a couple games, sent him down, and he didn't come back. So Yeah, he's been a little up and down. He was a little up and down in Providence last year. I think um, they're going to need, uh, he's going to need a little more seasoning before he gets a good look. Um, another one, Zach Sinitian. He was... Uh, yes. um, he was the second of the uh, three first-round picks in 2015. He at first year in Providence, he was up and down. Jacob Zaboral, same thing. Although he was a plus player more than he was a minus down in Providence, and he's a left-shot defenseman. But are you going to ask him to play a top-four role right away? No. And I think the depth chart on the left sh- uh, on the left side, especially, is going to be too much for him to overcome, at least uh, during training camp. So now. Right now, with, with uh, Carlo back, they would have four right-shot defensemen. Are they going to do anything there? I think they're going to try and move someone, and they should. I, uh, you look at Holden, who's an, another right-shot defenseman. He's an unrestricted, uh, unrestricted free agent. I don't think they're going to keep him unless they want to, unless he wants to stay in that seventh defenseman role. Then, um, but I think he's going to look elsewhere to try to get some playing time. And then that leaves uh, McQuaid and Miller. Who do you, um, um, which one of the two has the uh, better upside? Which one of the two can um, give you the most in return? You look at McQuaid, he's entering the final year of his uh, contract next year. So 
I think that's the um, one piece they try to move next year, but I don't think um, they're going to get enough in return, at least what their their asking price will be. Yeah, he's probably going to give you one of those one or two second round picks, and that's about it. So, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, no. I mean, it gives you something as opposed to him just walking. Yeah. Well, and they made that mistake with uh, Malcolm Subban earlier in the offseason. Now, Subban, they uh, uh, suffer a bit of an injury there um, earlier in the year, but he was playing pretty well up until that point, and he could have been the Bruins' uh, backup for next year. But here we are. What are you seeing for surprises in the playoffs? Anything in particular? Well, I... Didn't think Vegas would make it all the way to the conference final. I thought maybe, and of course, I uh, decided with my good wisdom somehow I that they would be eliminated by the Kings in round one. Look how that turned out. But it's <laughs> a little bit of a surprise, I think, uh, still, an expansion team uh, making um, oh, yeah. uh, that is now one round away from uh, making it to the cup final. And, um, Winnipeg, Nashville has been a heck of a series. Washington finally gained over the Pittsburgh hump. Maybe that will uh, propel them to the cup final. Uh, they'll have a tough matchup against Tampa Bay, but they have a lot of momentum. And so is Tampa Bay, obviously. But Washington gained over that hump. We saw, we've seen in years past, like the Bruins gained over Montreal, how that really helped them going forward to the cup final. We saw Chicago and Detroit, same thing. We saw even St. Louis. They didn't make the Cup final, but they. Um, but once they got past the Blackhawks, they went on a nice little roll to the conference final there. So, uh, don't underestimate the Capitals by any means, especially since uh, they finally got the monkey off their back against the Penguins. Hey Tim, I I heard some criticism on the radio uh, about about Cassidy, <laughs> even, even though we thought he should be Coach of the Year. <laughs> Uh, and it was regarding in the playoffs, since Rick Nash didn't do anything, the, the call-in people were saying, I, why didn't he sit him down? Because I felt, you know, coaches get in a corner, and it's hard sometimes to sit down that big star that you just traded for. But i got to be honest, it, it would have made sense to me, instead of moving him down the line, just move him out of the lineup. I know you probably can't do that, but is that a fair criticism of Cassidy? I- I think uh, the one thing he can be criticized on was his Game 4 lineup when he put Gianta in instead of keeping um, Riley Nash or keeping Danton Heine in, in that lineup. That would have been the, giving him the best uh, shot to win. But in terms of Nash, I know uh, he was snake-bitten in the playoffs. He at least created chances. Uh, but there might be a fair critique a little bit about them, especially keeping him on line two. Maybe he could move down the line. I think that really helped him in a couple games that um, he did see with um, Dan Heinen and um, uh, Riley Nash there. But I don't think we're in a tough spot with Rick Nash to begin with. But yeah. And not playing him with um, uh, – not playing him, I think, would have given him a tough spot because at least Nash was throwing penalties, at least he was gaining hard, but you still need production. And, uh, and uh, that could have been a nice message, I think, for at least one game anyway. But I don't think that's a head-scratching critique uh, for Cassidy compared to uh, putting Gianta in, in uh, Game 4. Did you say that DeBrusque had an injury? Um, AC uh, tendon sprain, I believe, on his shoulder, yes. Because, you know, I had said to my wife, wow, DeBrusque, 
hasn't done much against Tampa. I mean, I thought against Toronto he was our best player. Yep. And so I'm I, I I'm sad to see he's hurt, but now I I understand why maybe he didn't do quite as much as we would have wanted. So that that's a real bright spot for the future. I think he's been fantastic. Oh, absolutely. And he didn't play like a rookie and um, against Toronto anyway, even against Tampa. You saw that shift where um, he kind of injured himself. Maybe this was the play he injured his shoulder on, but um, but uh, he finished his shift and then went right back out and scored the empty netter and they were only winning the series. So His name is Tim Rosenthal. He's with Bruins Daily. What's a... What is the off-season? I know a lot of folks follow hockey. You know, the casual folks, they, they do their thing with hockey, but they're not really sure of the off-season. They know with Major League Baseball when free agency and stuff starts. With the NFL, they know that. With the NBA, they know that. With the NHL, what happens after after the playoffs are over with? I mean, hockey season's pretty much over for all of us. Um, but, uh, you know, outside of the fact, we'll, we'll try to, here in Maine, we'll root for someone who has some sort of Maine connection. I will watch. And we'll just, it, yeah, Wing will watch, but... Everyone else will be moving along. Well, they'll be watching Red Sox, Yankees, and things of that nature. Um, so, what to, what are what are some important dates uh, coming up here in the off season? Well, right after the uh, Stanley Cup, I believe a week or two after is the NHL awards and the NHL draft. Um, the last Friday, uh, the either the last Friday or second to last Friday in June is the draft. The Bruins don't have a first round pick this year, but. Um, it's still going to be a pretty interesting draft, I believe, uh, especially now that Buffalo has the number one pick. They're going to take uh, Dolan, the number one um, skater in the draft, the number one prospect. Defense so yeah. uh, maybe uh, so. From that per- perspective, maybe Buffalo finally um, gets a little bit of a jump with um, him and Eichel together, and then um, the week after, you have all the free agency frenzy, and then. After that, uh, aside from development camp, it's pretty quiet up until uh, training camp for the most part. You don't usually hear much news unless there's a hot college free agent coming out who decides to sign somewhere else other than the team that uh, for the team that uh, drafted him. But really, uh, July one is the big day, and maybe you hear some arbitration hearings. But those are uh, few and far between, especially in today's NHL. Go ahead. Tim, what uh, what are you thinking as far as uh, the what the rules on? Okay, I get drafted, Emma, and I'm a, a freshman in college. What what's the what's the timeline for a team losing my rights or me being able to go as a free agent? What's the what's the skinny on that? I believe it's after three or four years that a team. Um, that uh, the player can choose whether he wants to sign or not. I still have to read the CBA on that to confirm, but yes, I believe um, he could stay up until senior year, and if he decides not to sign with that team, he can hit the open market. That's what Jimmy Jimmy Vesey did, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Vesey did that. Um, I think uh, um, Kevin Hayes, uh, who was originally drafted by the Blackhawks, did that a few years back before signing with the Rangers. I mean, it's not uncommon, but it's not something that I think, especially in today's NHL, where college guys are even leaving after one, two, three years at the most, uh, uh, that uh, that the, that's the route that they'll go down. I, I I know the Bruins were really excited about maybe being able to sign VC. I don't remember him doing much for the Rangers. No. I mean, he was uh, probably a second or third line or his first year, and then the second year, um, this 
uh, up this year, they're obviously a big mess. So, yeah, I I was expecting to see, I was going to be really peeved if he was rookie of the year or whatever, and he, he really hasn't done anything. No. Good news, I guess. Yeah, well, it depends. I, uh, if that's the system that's right for him compared to what he would have done in Boston, who knows? Yeah, see, I think Boston already had decided they're going to be in a in a uh, youth movement. He would have been perfect. Yeah. Now I don't know what his skill is. It certainly was great in college, but never know. I guess he's a big guy. I think they like that uh, having that big body, but I don't think. Um, but I don't think it's panned out for New York, whether it's coaching or just the system in place that they had for the first two years. What kind of a contract, do you know what kind of a contract he signed? Just an entry level, right? Yes. So when is he free again? I believe that is after either this year or next year. I'm on um, Cap Friendly right now. Yeah, he's an RFA um, this summer. Huh. There you go. Tim Rosenthal, Bruins Daily. Find him online at BruinsDaily.com. You can find him on Twitter as well. Tim, thank you very much for your help uh, this hockey season. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you around the important dates here in this offseason. And then next thing you know, we'll be talking about cake on Level 9. I know, right? And uh, I'm a little disappointed with the dessert selection up there. I, I gotta tell you that much. So, well, that's, oh, that's uh, good. Maybe, we, maybe that's good to know. Next year, all good right. To know. Well, we'll uh, I, I plan on on actually doing all the official things this off season since we're since we've stayed on the air longer than a year. I feel like I'm not jinxing anything. So. Uh, I'll start doing the the credentialing things of that nature. So we'll get we'll get we'll get caught up over a buffet down there sometimes. We'll look for you. Thanks, Absolutely. Timmy. Appreciate it. That's Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com here on the B List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. Bruins season ended at the hands of Tampa Bay.